And a very good morning here on Worcester Radio, behind-the-scenes interview time. And joining us now from the OSU Extension Office, talking all things agriculture, Rory Lewandowski. Rory, good morning. Happy to have you in here today. Good morning, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, the topic of today's program with Rory is going to be cover crop termination. You know, we hear cover crops promoted for their benefits and encourage timely planting in the fall as row crops are harvested to make sure that you know, there's going to be adequate growth. Now we look at the flip side, Rory. What are the management issues regarding cover crop termination as we get into spring? Yeah, well, we certainly know that, uh, of course, again, cover crops provide multiple benefits, including uh, protection from soil erosion, soil health benefits, weed suppression, uh, even forage production, uh, alternative forage production for livestock, uh, sometimes help with nutrient management as well. But now as we look, again, as you mentioned, towards that 2020 planting season, uh, we don't want a cover crop that's going to compete with a primary or cash grain crop. So the grower needs to have a plan in place to control or terminate an existing growth before the corn or soybean plant emerges. Uh, so the main issues really are when that cover crop will be terminated, and then second, what method will be used to terminate that crop. Okay, Rory, well, let's look at the methods of terminating a cover crop. You know, what are the options for somebody out there when they when they go to do this? Yeah, there are several options actually available. So the easiest method uh, would have had to been done kind of last fall, but it would be to select a cover crop species that winter kills. So you let Mother Nature uh, do the work for you. Uh, so things like spring oats and brassica crops, uh, turnips, radishes would be examples of that. Now for those cover crops that then overwinter and growers have to uh, deal with that this spring, there are both mechanical and chemical options to terminate the crop. Well, can you give us some examples of mechanical termination first? You know, what kind of tools or equipment are required and you know, what are the advantages and I guess if there are disadvantages when you're talking about mechanical termination? Sure. Uh, well, the most common ways of terminating a crop mechanically would be tillage, mowing, or crimping. Uh, in general, tillage is going to require the most horsepower. Uh, it can be effective as a termination method when that cover crop is young and in a vegetative stage. Uh, because at that growth stage, the plant material, when it's turned under, it's going to break down quickly. It's going to add nutrients that are readily available to the emerging and growing uh, corn or soybean crop. Uh, tillage by mobile plow or field cultivators uh, can bury plant residues and severs the plant roots, uh, providing a pretty complete uh, winter kill. Uh, of course, the disadvantages, uh, really all the soil you're turning over, uh, you're getting back into you know high erosion potential with those tools. Uh, vertical tillage tools are less effective. Uh, they can require multiple passes to get good incorporation as well as plant kill. Uh, some folks have looked at strip tillage tools. Uh, they can be used to both kill and incorporate plant residues to match planter width, so you still have some uh, residue cover then in between those uh, row widths. Uh, the disadvantage of tillage in general, though, is that uh, tillage uh, oftentimes can really undo a lot of the benefits provided by cover crops, uh, particularly when we're talking about uh, soil health and organic matter, some of those in particular. Uh, and additionally, if tillage is performed on tall, uh, stemmy plants that have a uh, high fiber content, so those more mature plants, it's really more difficult to incorporate that plant material into the soil. And when it does uh, get incorporated, uh, it can actually tie up nitrogen, take it away from the uh, growing cash crop plants for a short period of time as it breaks down. Rory, what about mowing and crimping? as terminate them, uh, termination methods, excuse me, are there management tips that can help those two practices, you know, to be successful on a consistent basis? 
Yeah, they, the key to both those practices is really to let the cover crop get more mature before mowing or crimping. So kind of just the opposite maybe of what we're looking at in a tillage situation. Uh, the crop does need to get into that reproductive growth stage. Uh, typically, we think about uh, early flower in the case of something like hairy vetch. And for cereal grain crops, uh, mowing or crimping after heading. Uh, now that, that crimping or mowing is a practice that's starting to gain a little more popularity. Uh, it's been used successfully for many years by organic growers and I'd say we really within the past decade it's seen uh, increasingly uh, amounts of adoption by non-organic growers that are serious about a no-till cropping system combined with use of cover crops. Now the key to successful termination by rolling or crimping is the crop again has to be in that reproductive growth stage. So late flowering in the case of vetch uh, and we want usually about pollen, at least that pollen shed stage with cereal rye and other small grains. Uh, I've actually seen Good success with this method uh, when planting into a cereal rye cover crop uh, and then rolling or crimping, uh, as well as those folks who like to roll or crimp first, then followed by the planter. Rory Levandusky talking with us today. Again, I got terminating cover crops, uh, and we talked about mechanical terminations. That brings us to chemical termination. Rory, what are some of the keys to being effective when using herbicides to terminate a cover crop? Yeah, the key there... Uh, for effective cover crop termination with an herbicide is uh, you want to make sure you're applying the correct or the appropriate rate of the herbicide. Uh, you want to make sure it's applied under the appropriate environmental conditions and it has to be applied to a susceptible cover crop growth stage. All those things need to line up. Uh, first piece of advice is to always read the label. Uh, the label is going to provide the appropriate rate to use. Uh, it'll specify as well if any kind of surfactant or any other type of adjuvant is needed to help increase the efficacy of that uh, herbicide. And then the label is also going to provide information about the gallons per acre, that spray volume that's so important to get good coverage. And oftentimes that label is also going to have some statements on there about droplet size. Uh, and that, again, goes back to having the right nozzles on the sprayer uh, to do the right job and to get an effective uh, cover crop kill. Roy, some examples uh, or any more specific information, I guess, regarding environmental conditions that are conducive to cover crop termination with an herbicide. Is there, you know, a window of Temperature-wise, you know, what are you looking for if you want to do that? Yeah, that's a good point, Ron. So uh, most of the herbicides used for cover crop termination are non-selective non and systemic. Uh, they have to move through that plant system. So an example of that would be glyphosate. So, you know, think Roundup. Uh, those types of chemicals work best when they're applied to actively growing plants, typically on warm, sunny days. Uh, the higher metabolic rate of plants in those types of days allows that chemical to get translocated or, or moved within the plant more rapidly. Uh, so ideally, uh, application would be made after several days where we have daytime temperatures uh, in at least the high 50s uh, and nighttime temperatures uh, that stay above that 40 degree Fahrenheit range. How does the cover crop stage of growth affect herbicide effectiveness? Do recommendations vary across cover crop species or is it you know kind of an umbrella across the board thing yeah it does uh, there is some variance there so again uh, good point here so in general uh, we can say though cover crops uh, like a lot of our weed species are going to be most effectively controlled with herbicides at younger smaller growth stages uh, often large plants uh, or plants uh, that 
you know, are entering reproductive growth stage as evidenced by either bolting, uh, shooting up that seed stock, or already beginning to produce seeds, uh, jointing or stem elongation in the case of grasses. Uh, those types of plants tend to be harder to control uh, with an herbicide application. Uh, those larger reproductive growth stages, uh, oftentimes if you are going to try to control them with an herbicide, they're going to require uh, sometimes the maximum rates of herbicides that are allowed on the label. Uh, you oftentimes also have to think about an increased spray volume uh, to get good termination. Now, however, uh, species actually do differ in their susceptibility to herbicides and in the ease of kill. A couple of examples here. Uh, cereal rye, it's a small green species uh, used in quite a few acres of cover crop. Uh, it's really quite sensitive to glyphosate and uh, is killed fairly easily. So it, it can be terminated by an application even when it does intercede head formation. Now on the other hand, annual ryegrass, uh, another plant used for cover crops, has a reputation for being tough to terminate with herbicides. Uh, successful termination of annual ryegrass uh, often requires uh, that full or maximum labeled rate of glyphosate. Uh, it has to be applied at a vegetative growth stage uh, before the first node or joint develops, and it has to be applied under environmental conditions that assure that that plant is actively growing. So. Uh, again, plants do differ in, in the way you have to look at this. Rory, you mentioned earlier, typically you want those sunny, warm days, but uh, are there herbicide options to terminate cover crops when growing or environmental conditions are not favorable? Say we don't get those warm, sunny days, what do you do then? Right, and, and we know that's certainly possible. Uh, we, we, we've struggled with that in, in several springs. So if we do get a cool spring uh, without those favorable, warm, sunny days, then we, we look at non-selective herbicides. Uh, they're typically contact types of herbicides such as paraquat or glufosinate. Uh, they can be used. Uh, often those chemicals require the addition of other herbicides in the tank mix to increase effectiveness. And both of those herbicides that I mentioned, paraquat and glufosinate, uh, require good coverage. Uh, so think higher spray volumes in order to get good termination. Well, plenty of good information, uh, Rory, this morning. But if anybody wants to find out more details about cover crop termination, how can they do that? Yeah, well, there was an excellent article on cover crop termination in an OSU corn newsletter in early March uh, that provides uh, a lot more details and specific recommendations by cover crop species. Uh, contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. I'd be glad to either send the link to that article or provide a hard copy. Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office. Talking agriculture, talking uh, cover crop termination with us here this morning. Rory, as always, appreciate the time. Thank you, Ron. More on the way. Hope you'll stay tuned. We'll check in with your five-day forecast up next.